Also, I would like to start this podcast with sharing a word of wisdom that my dad just sent in the family group chat that I actually do really like. Okay. Manipulation is when they blame you for your reaction to their disrespect. Ooh. Hmm. Isn't that good? That is good. I'm going to have to think on that one for a minute. I was like, all right. That's how I'd like, like to start that. today. Hey, I like also, it. Also, best part, one of the best parts of family group chats is just random words of wisdom from dad. Okay, guys, let's um, let's podcast. Let's do a podcast together. Let's do a podcast. We have um, a podcast? <laughs> there are weekly ramblings that we just hope that maybe like one person tunes into, you know? It's true. <laughs> Shout out Clark and Jen. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, mom and dad. <laughs> All right, welcome back, guys, to Ope. Here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellie Hicks. I'm Ellen Sunko. Hi, I'm John Young. Each week, we are going to talk about how to get the most out of marketing, out of your marketing efforts for um, small businesses or nonprofit organizations. Um, this week, we're actually going to discuss a few common mistakes that we see uh, when businesses are trying to tackle their digital marketing on their own, and then hopefully. Uh, help you come up with some solutions for how you can avoid making these mistakes. Uh, We see it all the time. People don't even realize they're doing it or they think they're right. Um, So hopefully we can share some really good insight with you guys today. Uh, But first, I think Ellen has a little story time for us. It's true. Um, So I'm really excited about this topic and it made me think of something that actually happened to me this weekend over Easter. Um, So On Easter Sunday, my husband and my friend and I went to church, and then afterwards we wanted to go out to lunch with a few friends. And so there was this pizza place that we really wanted to go to. And, um, you know, Easter is a holiday that a lot of businesses decide to be closed, which is totally – you should feel like you can be closed on any holiday that you want. Um, But I would appreciate it if you were to convey it. So (laughs) – I went to this website, to this um, company's website. They have like six or seven locations. So it's like a it's like a local chain. I don't know what that's called in the restaurant world. But like they're still locally local owned, chain. but there's like six <laughs> locations. Yeah. Um, so they have like six locations. Um, nothing on their website about different hours. Nothing on Apple Maps. Nothing on Google Maps. Nothing on their social media. There's no communication that their hours were going to be any different. And so I thought, okay, sounds great. Like it's a pizza place. It's not really a place you make reservations, but it's really good pizza. And so I was really excited. We drive up afterwards. There's a printed off piece of paper on the front door that says we will be closed for the Easter holiday. Mm. Thanks. Bye. Yep. I was heartbroken. That sounds like a lead generation opportunity. <sighs> I was so it, sad. I heard two things that excite me. One, they don't know what they're doing digitally. Two, they have good pizza. So these are two things that excite me greatly. Okay. Same. So what's, what's, the, what's the style of pizza here? What are we talking about? It's, it's like the thinnest If it's Chicago crust. pizza, it's not it's not. No, pizza. it's like that's, the thinnest crust lasagna soup. Okay, thin of crust. your life. They actually recommend you only have at least three toppings on your pizza because the crust is so thin okay. and yummy. And I love it. Mm, wow. So I was just, I was so bummed. And it's funny, I was talking to my other friend. She's in email marketing. And she was like, so she kind of lives in our world a little bit. And she was like, is it hard to like update like your Google My Business or like your Apple no. listing? And I was like, not if you know what you're doing. 
Like it's not hard at all. Or even just like adding a pop-up to your website or like sharing it on your social media. So I was That's very bummed. Yeah. Social social media is a big one there because it's so easy just to throw out a post that says, hey, guys, reminder, we're closed today for Easter. I mean, there was I have a similar experience. Well, all the time in Springfield, because these places just decide that they want to close randomly for a day. And it's always the place that I want to go to on that day. So there was this little cafe that my friend and I were trying to get lunch at for like weeks. And it was like every time we would go they would just randomly be closed for some reason, like short staffing or whatever. And so, and we even got to a point where it's like, like they sometimes posted it on their Facebook, but so we made it a point, like let's check everyone's Facebook now, no matter where we go, we are checking the Facebook page to see if they've posted like, oh, we just out of nowhere are not going to be open today. Um, But even then it's like we showed up and they would be closed and there's nothing more frustrating because it's like, that's Mm -hmm. all you're thinking about. That's all you want. And you don't even know when they're open. So, um, true. which luckily, I totally, I'm totally I will... fine with you being closed. It's just if somebody could right. let me know, like I would have made reservations somewhere else at somebody that I somewhere that I knew was going to be open. You know, we did end mm-hmm. up going somewhere else, and it was very yummy. But I was just bummed. Yeah, no pizza, and that that's that can have an effect on some people. Like for me. If it's like one of my favorite places, I'm obviously not going to let that affect me, like wanting to go back. Like I'm still going to go back and eat there whenever they're open. Mm-hmm. But maybe if it's a person who has never been there before or lets things like that really affect them, then that can really just put a bad taste in their mouth. And you might have just lost a customer because you haven't updated your appropriate digital channels to let people know when you're open or what you're offering today or, you know, whatever it might be. So make a good that, first impression. Yes. Like all of our dads probably told one. us at least a half dozen times a day. Make a <laughs> yeah. good first impression. Yep. So that, that, I felt like that was a pretty good story for what you wanted to talk about today. Yes, that's a perfect tie-in. Um, so we'll go ahead and just kind of start with having an outdated website is probably one of the biggest mistakes that you can make because as we've talked about, you know, your website is really – your website is the first impression a lot of times um, for your customers. It's uh, your whole profile, basically. It's who. It's how they get to know you. So if if something on your website isn't right, whether it's pricing, whether it's a menu, if you're a restaurant, um, hours of operation or, you know, whatever it might be, if it's not up to date, then your customers aren't actually getting the real story of your business. They're not getting good information. They're not going to know when or how to come visit you. Um, so really, that's number one. Like, make sure your website is up to date. If I can add to that, I feel like especially um, from the last two years, this is even more important now than ever because websites are how a lot of customers are figuring out if you're still around. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. through especially the last two years, um, we've seen a lot of businesses have to close their doors. Um, And there's a... So my hairstylist just moved, so I have to find a new one. And I was searching for a new one. And um, on their website, they had like something very prominent from fall of 2021, like like fall 21, 20, 2021 specials. And I was like, oh, like maybe they're not open anymore. Like maybe they had to close their doors. Like maybe they had to like call it a day. And I went on their social media and like they had recently posted, but like say I wouldn't have taken that extra step to go, you know, 
look on their Facebook, then I probably would have just been like, oh, well, they probably had to close or something um, or like they're not doing that well because they haven't been able to take the time to update their site. Um, so it can just be like those little things, you know, especially for a new customer that's not already in communication with somebody in your business that it can make them think like, oh, well, maybe they're maybe they're not open anymore. Right. And with that, if you, you know, we talk about how easy it is just to update your whether it's your Google My Business um, or, you know, updating your business information on Apple, your uh, your Facebook, your website. If you update, if you have a change, like a, we'll just stick with business hours, make sure you update it on every platform. Because say somebody goes and looks at your website and it says that you are open on Monday until 10 p.m., but then your Facebook says that you're closed on Mondays. Now they don't know what to do. Maybe you're now newly open on Mondays um, and this customer is now no longer going to come in because they found that somewhere that you're closed on Mondays. So keep that in mind. If you are updating your information, make sure you're updating it everywhere. I'm going to give I'm going to give a uh, defense to small business owners, even though even though we're criticizing the things that they do wrong and I see them do wrong. <laughs> a lot of these uh, and Google's guilty of it. I've seen other people be guilty of it. They will they will grab information from your website and post it willy nilly, uh, mm-hmm. without you knowing. So those of you who have listened to this, sh- this this podcast before, we mentioned Youngs in almost every episode, because a because it's a noticeable brand, but b because we do all the different things that we do marketing wise for our clients that we do for Youngs. Youngs has three separate Google business profiles: one for the general dairy store, one for Utters and Putters, and one for now the event center. Google will change hours, uh, details, menu links uh, at, at their will. We are very, very tied into all three of those profiles. We update them often. We're posting several times a week with the little posts. We change hours when we need to change hours. And yet Google still goes in and changes hours because some customer or some competitor or just some person says, no, those hours are wrong. They're not open on Tuesdays. Not, not, hey, John, is, are you okay with us changing the hours? It's hours are changed. And then we find out later that they changed the hours. So that's, and that's just Google. That's one of the easy ones to update. Mm-hmm. Yelp, you guys have mentioned Apple. Apple's not easy to uh, update. You have to, you have to attach yourself to Apple. And then four mm-hmm. square pulls in Apple and uh, someone else pulls in Apple. I think Yelp might pull in Apple, but Yelp also has its own thing. Then there's TripAdvisor. And then there's like 50 other networks. And that's that's even before we get to be talking about your website. So I will give some defense to small business owners. It is difficult to get those things updated and accurate across the board. Because we mm-hmm. still, two and a half years later, after sh- closing the Golden Jersey Inn, we still get people either uh, ordering, they're trying to get um, um, like Uber Eats, uh, mm-hmm. chicken and dumplings. And they'll come in, like their Uber Eats person will come in and try to order chicken and dumplings from Uber Eats because Uber Eats pulls our menu from Golden Jersey Inn from two years ago. And then every once in a while, it starts to show up on our, our Google business profile as a link to order food or DoorDash or whatever. Like we don't do mm-hmm. any of those services. Not only is, not only do we not do any of those services, two years ago is when that menu stopped being valid. And we've tried to tell you to stop putting it up there, but you continue to put it up there. So it's not easy. Small <laughs> business owners, I hear you. It's true. <laughs> Another... Uh, thing specifically from the last two years with Google My Business is um, a lot of businesses or like 
John said, a customer would submit that a business is like temporarily closed for COVID. So especially like we've been saying, if you're a hairstylist or you're a restaurant or um, like a specialty office, I would just go double check your Google My Business today if you haven't looked at it, um, just to make sure that it's up and running. If it hasn't been claimed, it's super easy to just go ahead and grab it and claim it. And then if you have follow-up questions, you know, reach out to your digital marketing specialist or call us um, and we can help you optimize it and add, you know, add all the services and, you know, really take advantage of it while you can. Um, One of the things that Google is really good at too is finding ways to monetize everything. So Mm -hmm. right now, everything about Google My Business is free, um, which is really, really great because Google My Business is a way that you can tell Google exactly what your business does and exactly what your website says your business does the exact way that they want it. So take advantage of it while you can. I We've talked about this a lot. I don't think it'll be free forever, um, but right now it's a really great way to just help your organic um, search and then just, like I said, give Google a really clear picture of who you are as an organization um, without a price tag right now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> love that. Love those little... Just let oh, us you know can that John's also, still with us. Yeah, I'm still with you. Yeah, we're not watching, you can the also, not watching the Masters this week, so I've got I've got all my focus <laughs> on you two. Perfect. Um, another thing I love about Google My Business, and then I might stop talking about it, um, is that they allow you to post um, to your post to a feed, sort of. So if you like search for a business on Google and you see that, like we call it a Google card, it comes up on on the side and like gives all the information. If you scroll all the way down, there's like some posts associated with the um, with the business, and those are really great places to be just like purely promotional. Um, So there's really no reason to link anywhere other than your website when it comes to those posts. Um, So if you have an event going on or if you have a new product or a new service, that is a great place to be posting. And then, you know, just like introducing your team, introducing your services. Like keep in mind that every time you're adding one of those posts, number one, it's helping anybody who's searching for you or searching for your service learn more about you. And number two, like we said, it's giving Google an even more clear picture of what you do. Um, So when Google goes to scan your site, they're also going to pull in things like your Google My Business postings and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Going back to the the website piece, um, if you're not going to give all the details, give as minimal amount of details as possible. So if you're if you're not gonna if you don't have a team of people in house or you know external digital marketing team to help you keep your hours updated in all these places and keep your events uh, all the details updated in those various places, don't put those things there because mm-hmm. then you start running the risk of uh, I forgot to update this. So right. Youngs, for an example, again, we used to have um, the cal the calendar of events. Cal, get it because it's Cal C O W. Thanks, Dan. Um, the uh, the calendar would have like uh, the, the time and the date and the details in like two or three different places. So for whatever reason, an event had to change times or it got canceled because of COVID or whatever. I, if I forgot to change it in one place, that's where someone would find it undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. So someone would call up, I saw it on your website. This is so-and-so is 1599. Ah, I didn't change it there. I changed it in the other places. So yep. there's times where you can't get away from that. You can't get away from having all the details there. So you just have to, 
keep it as simple as possible. But if you're if you're a small restaurant in in Herndon, Virginia, and you you know you're going to be closed, you know three places to notify people that would be your homepage if you can. Uh, other than that, Facebook and Google are three easy ways to say, hey, we're closed on these days, or hey, our hours are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just goes back to what we're always saying about anything you do with digital marketing before you get started, make sure it's sustainable. Make sure that you can... PCS. PCS. <laughs> uh, make sure, like John said, that it's something that you are able to update. Um, a big one, you mentioned having staff on your website. It's great because you get to put, your customers get to put a face with the name and see who they'll be working with. Um, but if you have high staff turnover and you don't have the ability to make those changes when they're happening, then that's probably not a good thing to have on your website. And a good thing or a good way to kind of get around that is maybe instead of having all of your staff, depending on what kind of business you are, maybe you just have like your top executives on there or um, you highlight, you know, just a small portion of your staff that makes sense instead of having everybody on there um, and you don't have to deal with turnover as much. So Um, Or another idea with that, if you um, like if you have if you want your team to be accessible, um, what you can also do is create group emails for all the different departments. We have a client that does this, that when somebody fills out their contact form, they can choose which department they want the contact form to go to. And -hmm. then everybody in that department is notified um, without having to put, you know, their like direct email or phone line out there. Um, So that can help with spam a little bit too. And then, you know, it also makes sure that your team is still accessible without having to, you know, fear about an, an outdated email or an outdated phone number being on your site. Yeah. So we've kind of talked a little bit about social media as we've been kind of talking about websites. So just to touch on that a little more, something that I see a lot is businesses using social media ineffectively. And that can kind of that can go multiple different ways. So either they aren't being consistent or they're not using it at all it at all. Or they are kind of overdoing it. So they're trying to be on every single platform, but they're not able to give the right attention or they're not able to form an appropriate strategy on the different platforms because they're just trying to do way too much. Um, So if you are a small business and you, I mean, you obviously know we should be on social media. If you aren't working with, um, with a digital marketing agency, then think about who your audience is and what kind of messages you want to get out there on social media and then pick the platform or pick a couple platforms that might be most appropriate or most suitable, best suited for your audience and then go with that instead of saying like, oh, TikTok is hot. So let me get on that and let me make sure I'm on Instagram and I better throw out some tweets every day because if you're doing too much, you're not going to have a formulated strategy and it's just going to be messy and nobody's going to really know where to look. So that would be another big one is just making sure your social media is working for you. Use it effectively. There's an acronym for that. Ellen, what is it? Make sure you plan, make sure it's consistent, and make sure that it's sustainable. I, hey. a, I can't I can't turn around my camera in the middle of the podcast, but I've got already got it on a banner behind the screen just so I <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not, not really. I was just making you feel good. I do. Hold on, listen, I am so gullible. I was like, "Wow, really?" That oh, yeah. I was too. I was like, "What?" No, but I. No, but your that's that 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 can your your acronym. Uh, it can go across all, almost all the different 
digital things that we do for our clients. Mm -hmm. And social media is definitely one of them. It's easy to get wrapped up into all the other social networks. Like I was interested in, in TikTok for youngs, but I saw the people that were being successful with it as doing, you know, like you've said on a previous podcast, four to five videos a day. And I was like, well, we don't have the bandwidth for that. So we'll stick with yeah. old tried and true Facebook where we've got a hundred and, I don't know, 115,000 or so people engaged for the most part. So like, let's just go with that. Is it the coolest and hippest new network? No, but our audience hangs out there. So we're going to hang out there too. Mm -hmm. uh, we were on Twitter for a while because Twitter seemed reasonable, again, uh, network, but we never really caught on on Twitter. So we kept our handle uh, just so someone else doesn't grab it and make us look like goobers, uh, but we don't use it. So Facebook, we do a little bit of YouTube and Instagram and you guys did get me on TikTok. We don't, we're not fully engaged in it, but it's something to do and it's fun. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, John, you said this maybe two episodes ago that there's nothing wrong with trying it. And then if it doesn't work for your business model, then not doing it. So it's not like just because you start something, it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Um, like we had a client that they had been doing um, LinkedIn and Twitter for years um, when they started their Twitter, their audience was on Twitter. But, you know, now, 10 years later, their audience is not on Twitter anymore. So mm -hmm. I recommended to them that they shut down their Twitter and then they focus more on their LinkedIn because that's really where their audience is and where their potential customers are. Um, right. So that's great because, you know, now they have they have less that they have to keep up with. They have less that they have to manage. Um, and they're really able to focus on where the opportunity for the highest result is going to be. So. It's okay to be like, you know what, that's probably not going to work for us. And it might work at a different time, but right now it's just not the time. Yeah, and along with that, so <laughs> so kind of opposite of that, though, you also don't want to run into where you're not giving your marketing strategies enough time to work. So mm -hmm. yeah, obviously, if you've really tried it out, and it's just not working for you and you're not seeing anything come from it, then obviously let's stop wasting our time on it and move on to something that's going to actually get us some results. But you also want to make sure you're giving your strategies enough time, whether it's with social media, email marketing, um, traditional marketing, whatever it is. Uh, make sure you're giving it enough time to work before you just jump ship because sometimes it just takes a little longer to kick in. Um, I'm pretty sure we've said it on a past episode, but it takes somebody an average of like seven times of seeing a message before they actually act on that. So if you send out an email, um, if, if you've just started really ramping up your marketing efforts and you send out an email and within that week, you're like, well, we're not getting any sales right now. We're, like the email marketing didn't work. So let's go ahead and cancel that. No, let's give it a little bit of time. Let's send out multiple emails. Let's tie in a social media strategy and see if it's working um, before you just kind of give up and call it quits because now we're wasting funds if we do that. You know, you're you're investing in a product, you're investing in this marketing and you're not really giving it a chance to work for you. So give it enough time, but ultimately if it's not working, there's no harm in shifting focus um, and, and doing something that's actually going to work for your business. So what would you what would you say is like the minimal amount of time to give a social media network a chance? I have thoughts on that. Well, please, I I it was an open. By all means, should really question. start a podcast, you guys. Hmm. We could talk a lot about. <laughs> this. We can talk about things. Let's do it. Um. So I think it's 
I think that there are a lot of factors that go into that. And I think one Mm -hmm. of the main factors is how much you're willing to be involved in it. Um, So sort of like a you get what you give sort of situation. If you set up your Facebook and you don't touch it, it's not just automatically going to have followers or, um, you know, have beautiful posts on it. Um, But, you know, if you if you start a Facebook and your goal is to grow your following um, and connect with current and potential customers um, and you're partnering with somebody to start regularly posting, um, to start regularly inviting your current friends or followers um, to follow the page or invite their friends and followers to follow the page. Um, I would say like if you're really if you're really focused, you can start to see a following, start to see some engagement after maybe like three to four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it'll just continue to ramp up it from there. As long as you are putting out content that is relevant to your audience that they want to see and that they want to engage with um, and recognize that you know, just like everything else, it's an ongoing strategy. So that means that you're going to have to tweak things or you're going to try something and it's not going to work. Or you're going to try something and it's going to be a huge success once and it's not going to work again. Um, So it's keeping in mind that it's definitely like a trial and error kind of situation. Um, And it's as much as you're willing to be involved. Um, So we, we talk about, we've talked about this a few times. I think you know, pretty regularly, the clients that we see that are the most successful working with us are the ones that, um, you know, trust us to be the experts that they hired us to be, but they're also invested. So, you know, they're asking us questions about their channels. Um, They may be sprinkling in a few of their own posts just to build off of the strong um, content that we're already creating. Um, And they're finding new ways to create content or they're sending us content that they want. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we've said this before on a podcast too or on an episode too that you know you know your business better than anyone um so we can help you say it in the most engaging way for your audience but you have to at least give us the raw facts first and then we can take it and we can make it something wonderful um but it's definitely a team effort when it comes to i mean everything in business but especially your digital marketing so that was a long answer for three months yeah (laughs) yes john three months Um, thank you no i think I think you have to take into consideration what your goals are too. So in order to determine if it even is effective, what is your goal? What's your goal of social media? Are you wanting sales from it? Are you just wanting followers? Um, if, if you don't have something to measure, then you don't really know, one, what your strategy should be, and two, if, it is, if it's effective and if we should kind of leave it behind. So if, like Ellen said, if your goal is set some realistic, attainable goals that so like if your goal is I, we want to be up to 300 followers in the first couple of months, um, if we're starting from scratch, how are we going to get there? What kinds of posts do we need to have? You need to have posts that are centered around engaging with your audience and kind of getting them to share your posts or share with their friends so that they'll come to your page and like your page. If your goal is sales, say we want five sales from our Facebook a month then you should be posting content about the products or the services that you offer or um, posting about, you know, like deals that you have and posting before and after pictures, just things that are really enticing the audience to purchase whatever your product or service is. So it all kind of, it it all is structured around what your goals are. Um, But yeah, I would give it a few months at least to 
if and again, like Ellen said, make sure you're actually doing the work, you know, if, if you can't just create a profile and then hope that it gets followers and stuff. So um, do the work. And if it's still if you aren't seeing it come to fruition in a few months and you can say, hey, maybe our audience isn't on Facebook, maybe we should jump over to Instagram, maybe we should be on TikTok or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, definitely give it a shot and make sure you're putting the appropriate amount of work into it and measure it with your goals and we can help with that. <laughs> oh, thank you, ladies. Thanks Another... for the question, John. What a mm. wonderful question. Just bringing it in from the audience. <laughs> from our live studio audience mm. that I think is just all of our cats just hanging yeah. out. Is Oscar yeah. with you today? He's, uh, no, Kelly came home, so he's, he's somewhere down there bothering her instead. Um, so kind of building off what we were just talking about with like your social media goals and with any of your, um, digital marketing efforts, I think another thing that we see a lot of the times is we set up these great channels for communication, whether it's email marketing or, um, you know, it's a Facebook page, um, or a really beautiful website, but then there's the, there's the, the handoff of the lead. So whether it comes in through your website or somewhere else, um, somebody from your team has to follow up with that potential customer. Um, so one of the things that we may not be able to help you with as much, but that we recommend is making sure that you have a strong sales process in place to follow up with those leads. Um, sometimes that might be even more helpful to get that really streamlined before you start, you know, asking people <laughs> to reach out to you um, because you don't want to see things just fall through the cracks because you're not on the same team either or same page with your sales team or with the person that's going to be in that sales role, you know, especially with a lot of small businesses, we see that, you know, the owners end up being the salesperson as well. Um, so making sure that, you know, they feel supported um, either by their team or whatever their process is going to be to be able to follow up with that lead. Because, um, you know, you can be bummed that your digital marketing isn't working, but then maybe when you look into it, it's not that the digital marketing isn't working. It's that you don't have a good process for following up with those leads. Yeah, we uh, we try when we have a client that it wants to jump into e-commerce. We always have that conversation with them up front. It's like uh, you know we can we can get people here to buy things. We can get your people here to buy things, but you need to have the process drilled down from your end before we even start doing that. Like you need to know, especially if you are a dual brick and mortar and e-commerce operation all in one. Like if you mm -hmm. have literal products on your shelves that you're selling, you need to be able to take that off the e-commerce store as it happens if you only have one of those things. Um, mm -hmm. And same thing for leads coming in from you know contact forms or request an estimate. You, know, you got to have you got to have this system in place to receive those calls quickly, respond to them quickly. Um, and what we try to help our clients understand is is if you're saying, well, I need ten leads a month. Like you're saying you need 10 leads a month because you close, let's say you close half your leads that come in. So you need five actual sales per month. Um, you know, so I need to ramp that up to 100. So now I can make 50 sales a month. It's not about the number of leads. It's the number of quality of leads. So what mm -hmm. we try to do is build websites that are that speak to your audience. So they're already partially engaged with what you want and know who this is. This is what I want to do business with before they even fill out that form or before they even call. So a lot of times you get wrapped up on, well, I need this many leads because I need to make this many this many sales. But if we bring more quality leads and get your sale percentage from 50% to 70%, you don't need as many leads because you're making more sales from the leads that we're bringing you. 
Mm-hmm. It's a tricky concept to have because if you, like you said, if you're the business owner doing sales, you're just looking at numbers. You're like, well, I see this many leads come in and I see this many sales. So that's a formula. So what you're doing needs to fit in that formula and that's the way it's going to be, but it's not always the way it's going to be. It's going to evolve. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of a, um, it's a more dated viewpoint at sales that like that one you're talking about versus like what you were proposing of like, Hey, what really matters is getting more quality leads. And I feel like another sort of like dated sales situation is like the siloed effect. So like sales isn't going to talk to marketing, isn't going to talk to production, isn't going to, and that's just, it's not, it is not sustainable. Um, And it doesn't work well for the growth of your business in the long run. So, you know, sometimes people end up kind of staying in their own little corner of the business for one reason or the other, maybe there was a situation that fell through that like you feel like you can't trust somebody or somebody else, but that doesn't mean that everybody in business is going to let you down. Um, and it also is not sustainable for you to feel like you have to hold on to every single part of the process. Like I, um, I work somewhere that the salesperson would not communicate until the sale was made um, and would not communicate with anybody else either. And so there were a lot of leads that we lost because that person wasn't willing to bring in the rest of the team or bring in the marketing team to help come up with a process to nurture some leads, kind of take some um, some stress off that person so that they could focus on the leads that were a little bit more likely to, to close. Um, so, you know, take advantage of your marketing team if they're in-house or they're your marketing person. And if you work with a marketing team, make sure you take advantage of them as well, like a marketing agency, because they can help you in your sales process maybe more than you think. Um, The worst you could do is ask and, you know, that marketing agency says no. But, you know, most marketing agencies, they want to work with the sales team because that's ultimately how you get the sale and get the customer. (laughs) So marketing teams aren't just like for fun. You guys, you guys often refer to the shout it out as the, the home for broken employees. And so when you start t- talking about things of like, <laughs> this team doesn't interact with this team and they're in little silos, I'm like, well, h- how are people doing business these days? Like, I've only, I've only really been involved in two businesses, this one and then the other one. So like, I guess I just don't, don't see how these other businesses are in operation, being mean to their employees or not treating them like humans and saying, mm-hmm. you can't talk to this person and not collaborating and things. I don't understand how this, this process works. It's wild. Yeah. It makes me think of the claymation Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer with the misfit toy. <laughs> the broken toy with the misfit toy. Aww. Shout Are out to the little just a whole bunch of misfits. Happy birthday. <laughs> but oh, that's somehow Ru- that's it works, Rudolph, though. Sorry. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Everything worked out. We all worked out. We all ended up here. And now we're all happy. Well, until, and now we're podcasting. So, yeah, yeah. Until this turns into be, you know, the, the, the new broken home for employees. Absolutely not. <laughs> Are breaking you down morally and spiritually. No. <laughs> okay, well now scared, I'm scared. Runs away. Um, yeah. Hangs up call. Wait, wait, not now. No, no, no. Don't do it now, please. <laughs> uh, another mistake, though, that I see is businesses not being concerned with customer relationships and their reputations. So this kind of mm-hmm. goes kind of in the same category here because, again, you don't you're going to leave a bad taste in someone's mouth if you're not able to follow up with their leads or their phone calls or whatever it might be. So you really want to watch out for that because if you're not concerned with your relationships with your customers ongoing, 
they have a choice. Every time they are going to make a purchase or whatever, they have a choice. They can go back to you or they can find somebody new. And if you aren't concerned with maintaining that relationship, well, chances are they might they might look elsewhere. And digitally, if if you do something to upset one of your customers, they have every right to go leave a review on your um on any review site. Facebook and Google are two big ones. Um, and I mean, we encourage you to try to generate as many reviews as you can, and hopefully those are positive. Um, but if you are not concerned with the way your customers feel and kind of forming those positive relationships, then chances are you probably have a chunk of negative reviews, which if new customers are searching for you, they're going to ultimately see that and say, oh, this isn't a very reputable brand. Maybe I should continue looking. So that's definitely something to think about too. Um, and just also making sure, you know, if you do have really great relationships with your customers, I mean, ask them to leave a review, you know, mm-hmm. uh, encourage them to, um, go leave a review on the major review sites so that people who are searching for you can see how great you are. Because I mean, it's great if you don't have negative reviews, but it kind of looks just as bad if you don't have any reviews at all. So, because, you know, nobody has nobody felt so strongly about your business that they want to leave a five-star review? So um, you can kind of think of it in both ways there. So May I have one last thought before we get to what grinds John's gears with that? Well, I have you absolutely else. can, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, no oh. you go first. Oh, I was I was looking up this quote. It's uh, I forget who it's from, but it was something that Dan had shared in a previous Young's meeting is that if we if we can't do a good job of what we're doing, all marketing does is let more people know that we're doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in vain with what you're talking about. Karen's be wilding right now. Like if you give <laughs> anything less than a stellar experience, people are enabled to ruin your business as, as good as they can on all of the networks. Like we'll see it pretty consistently. Like we, Young's obviously doesn't get a lot of bad reviews overall anyway, but if 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 you make one person really upset, they will copy paste that same review on your on your Facebook on your Google, they'll go to Yelp, they'll go to TripAdvisor, they'll go to they'll, they'll, oh, go they'll to do Flick, the most. They'll go to Flickr, they'll <laughs> do them all. Pinterest, they're gonna hit you. They're gonna hit you up if because people feel like I can I can ruin the world with this one review because this company mm-hmm. did me wrong, whether it's legit or not. So right. the idea behind getting more positive reviews on your Google and your Facebook and whatnot is not to necessarily showcase how good you are like over time your business is going to say dictate whether you're a good business owner or not where you have whether you have a, a value proposition for your clients it's to offset the times where you your staff or you do less than because it happens we've had bad experiences in the i don't know 12 13 years that we've been doing business not everything mm-hmm. works out as well as we hoped most things do which is why we have a growing client base but you, you want to offset those negative experiences even if they're just like you know, 2% negative because yeah. so, someone feels that 2% negative to them is the end of the world. And so they're going to say, oh, cool, I'm going to ruin your business. But that gets offset by the, all the other times you did an amazing job and people are out t- saying how great you are to other business owners. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes kind of clear, like, okay, this woman's just having a bad day. Like, right. Or she's maybe. just clearly, yeah, you turn, yeah, you turn, well, around, yeah. You turn around and make them look like, like a yeah. pain in the butt when in reality, you're like, eh, we both did wrong. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> right. Uh, I, new podcast title, the episode title, Karen's Be Wildin'. <laughs> <laughs> I, ch- I channeled my inner Rachel there. <laughs> Excellent. Kind of building off of that, I feel like there was a, 
you know, like the the phrase, the customer is always right, I feel like really Wrong. started to become a thing in like the 70s. And then it just like perpetuated to almost like an unhealthy level. Um, and then, you know, people really started to take advantage of it. And then, you know, we got the very, very angry customers. So now I feel like it's kind of like swung the other way. As human beings, we um, really love swinging from one end of the pendulum to the other. So as a society, you can see that we went from the customers always right to no customer can ask for anything ever. They're all wrong. They all suck. They're all terrible. (laughs) So I think that there is a healthy medium where, you know, you can hear a customer's concerns you can fix what you can, apologize for what you can't, and then just kind of move on. So I think that, you know, you kind of see across the board that people are kind of starving for somebody to just be genuine toward them um, and not put on a show, whether that's, you know, like they don't want to just have a yes person, like I said, I think last maybe two episodes ago. Um but, you know, it's also not going to be a, a good experience if you just completely disregard them because, you know, they have a specific request or something like that. Um, so I challenge you to just kind of like find that middle ground because I promise you there is one. It just might kind of like take a second of like deep breathing <laughs> um, and like processing. Like one of the things I like that John says is that you don't have to send that email today. Um, so you can take time to think through what the best response is, um, and make sure that you're still serving your clients while still getting to hold on to your own integrity. There, there is a middle balance. And since I like hearing I'm right, how did that, that let's pause for a second. Think about how we're going to reply to that email. How did that work out yesterday? Ladies? Very well. Thank you very much. Cause I love <laughs> yes. hearing that. I'm right. Very one well. Thing, Wonderfully. One thing. And then, then we'll go to what grinds my gears. Cause I've got 50 things, but I've chosen one today. Is and I and I've, I think I've told you guys this in meetings. I, I went and saw uh, it was a conference probably five or six years ago. It was out in Arizona, and it was Jay Bear, uh, a marketing writer and also podcaster and whatnot. And his whole speech was about just don't suck. And in in reality, no one wants to put that on their business card, but it really is how we should think about our our businesses because we're not gonna we're not gonna do hundred percent all the time, and hopefully we're not gonna do zero percent all the time, but. For most businesses, ours uh, being probably one of those, as long as we don't suck, people aren't going to leave us because the the pain is too too much, really. So I got to take my website and move it over here and got to give these guys my permissions to my Facebook page. Like, that's not what we aspire to. We aspire to do far better than just not sucking. <laughs> but, like, think about your bank. Like, raise your hand if you like your bank. Really? Yeah. Because I, I left the bank that I don't like. So you currently like your bank. I currently like my yeah, bank now. I did not so, like my bank before. Now. Yeah, so like there's, I don't think anyone's necessarily overly happy with their banking situation, but they're very rarely in a situation where they're so unhappy that they're willing to take their checking account, their savings account, their credit cards, their line of credit, whatever else, that, you know, their, their mortgage, uh, and go somewhere else. Cause that's I did a, that, and it was extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So that's, that's how much your previous bank sucked. This, you know, they mm-hmm. didn't hear the just don't suck. They said just they got rid of the don't. They just said just suck. So, <laughs> you know, if if small businesses operate in kind of in that world of at least do the bare minimum, you know, smile when someone's talking to you, do what you mm-hmm. say you're going to do. Don't lie about your pricing. Don't surprise them with prices that they didn't expect. If, as long as you don't do that, very rarely are you going to lose a customer. So, right. There you go. Great. Uh, great final thoughts. Ellen, 
You had said, do you wanted to say something else? Did you get that out? Was that what you said? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure because I know that we just got to make sure that the air is clear here for what grinds my gears. Good. Yeah. All right. We ready? All right. It's it's time. John, what grinds your gears? It's not Karen's. It's Karen's be wildin. Karen's be wildin. No, that's our new podcast. That's the four, that's <laughs> the fourth podcast we're going to start. So to today uh, grinds my gears, and this this probably only really impacts um, small business owners for the most part, uh, but that's who we're talking to, so it, it works out well. It's true. So it's it's not the it's not the uh, the the Kenyan. Hey, I've got ten million dollars uh, from a from a Nigerian prince type of thing. It's the internet scammers that really impact small business owners. So. Uh, we have um, 100 and, almost 120 clients, and we have most of their domains in our account for a couple reasons. One, our credit cards don't expire, and two, I make sure all their domains are going up. But uh, a lot of our clients get letters in the mail that say, hey, your domain's getting ready to expire. Send us $180, and we'll make sure it doesn't expire. And so I know that some of our clients have written checks to that company that has nothing to do at all with their domain. Most of our clients have gotten that letter so many times, that, and I've told them every single time, no, you don't send $180 to them. You send $0 to me, and I manage those things for you. Um, but those really piss me off uh, because it's just like it's really it's, – it's almost like elderly abuse in terms of technology because like yeah. you, you don't know until you, until you know. And like you see that, like, oh, my domain's getting expired. That's really important. I want to make sure I don't lose my domain. And and those scams, you don't lose your domain if you send them $180. You just lose $180. And mm-hmm. I mean, I get them. I get them in my mailbox for either our domain or other domains that I own. I get them periodically. Real pain in the butt. The the other one uh, in, in the same vein that our clients sometimes get through their contact forms is, hey, hey, I'm a I'm a local SEO. And I noticed that your page isn't ranking number one for any terms, or I've noticed that there's some some meta tags are missing from you're your home. You're not registered with Google. Oh, you're not. Yeah, you're not registered with Google. And <laughs> and I, I get it. Th- those emails are are made to throw in some keywords that small business owners know but don't fully understand. So they mm-hmm. go. I need to call John and have him turn the SEO on on our site. He clearly didn't do it because this reputable person that just showed up in my showed up in my email. And obviously they're a reputable business because their their email is at Gmail or at Hotmail, mm-hmm. not right. at their actual business name. So clearly they're an expert and John's a sham. And so I need to fire them or I need to call him and t- tell him to check the SEO box on the back of my website so it can start showing up number one in Google. This is what grinds my gears. It really today. grinds your gears. It does. I get am- this is one I get really amped up about. So I just left it as two bullet points because if I put it anymore, I'd I just start getting angry and yelling and opening the window and Nobody yelling at the birds. And it's it's very valid though because the then it away. makes it makes our job really hard because now we have to bring our clients like back down to reality and try to say like, hey, like your website is fine. Your website people are finding your website. It's showing up in Google. Nothing is wrong with it. And these people just keep emailing and it's like they it's like whatever we said to them just kind of goes out the window. Um, And these people are just going to continue to send these emails to scare you and try to get money from you. And it is frustrating because it's now we have to kind of state our case and fight for the job that we're doing. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, if it's bad enough, you you could lose if you're a digital marketing agency, like you could lose clients over it from these people trying to scam your customers. 
Another one we see a lot is the form fill out that um, our customers are using copyrighted images on their sites and they're going to get sued for thousands of dollars. Um, just for the record, we we have the licensing to use all the images that we use on client sites. Um, so sometimes that does really happen in the real world where a client is using a picture that they're not supposed to. That would not be a picture that we ever added. Um, mm-hmm. But they will just they'll freak out. And I think it comes from like the freak out comes from like a very genuine place. I'm not a small small business owner, but I grew up around a lot of them and it's a lot of pressure a lot of the time. Especially yeah. like through 2008 and 2009 if you survived and now if you've survived through the last 2 years. Um, you all need therapy. You all do. Everyone should find a therapist. But with that, it's I get why you're on edge about it and why it makes you freak out. Um, but I challenge you, instead of going from zero to 100 and immediately assuming the worst out of the people that you've been working with for years based on one random email, like what John was saying from like at gmail.com or at AOL.com. Take a second, take a breath, give us a call, and let's just, like, talk it through. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have concerns, we want to give you answers to those. But um, I guess I'm speaking specifically to our customers. I can't speak for every single digital marketing agency out there, but we do really want what's best for you because when you succeed, we succeed. Um, And because I'd like to believe that we're just – we just – we don't we're want good. To we're we're nice and wholesome. We're good people. <laughs> we're like um, we're decent people. Yeah. Decent. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's fair. Yeah. Not good. But decent. like we're reco- we recognize don't that like um, it's not the very end of the world in that moment. Like we want you to be able to focus on the things that really do need your full attention in the moment. So if we tell you like you don't really need to worry about that, um, then don't worry about it. Um, and then if you get another email or another whatever, you know, you can mark them as spam so they don't even show up in your inbox anymore. Um, but yeah, that unfortunately scammers are kind of just everywhere and they're the worst. Um, but the more you see them too, the more you'll be able to recognize it and say like, oh, I can just like disregard that. Um, like I had a client that was really excited to tell me that she recognized that an email was scam. And so, she, uh, so she just like let it go. Shout out. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm really <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's funny. Those, um, so. those, Hey, you stole my stock image ones. They're all the same, like almost the same text. Yeah. Like uh, I got one. I've seen the same one from like a Bridget person. Yeah. Which nothing it, it's, against sometimes Bridget's, it's the same name. But, like, come on, you know, yeah. come on, bot. You do better. Don't suck, yeah. bot. The the one that almost got me um, is a long time ago. It's probably six or seven years ago. I got a, uh, when I had my cell phone number on the website as my phone number, I got a text mm-hmm. message said, hey, uh, I need a website. I need, uh, I saw your website. I need a website that looks like this. And they sent me a link to a legit website. And I looked at the website and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. And they said, you know, um, our budget is $15,000, which at the time was probably $10,000 more than I'd ever done a website before. And I was like, this is like a, and this is like a Friday evening. Me and Kelly are sitting on the couch just watching something on TV. I'm like, I'm going to make fifteen grand sitting here watching a movie. This is going to be the best <laughs> night ever. So texting back and forth with this, this, this person, you know, said it was a guy, but whatever. Texting with this person. And it gets to the point where it's, he says... Okay, um, so I've got all the copy, I've got all the imagery, I've even got the graphic designer. Um, but uh, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you ten thousand dollars. I'm going to send you sixty percent of the budget right now, and then I need you to pay the graphic designer uh, because he's in a he's in a 
I forget how he worded it, but it almost sounded legit. Like he's like, he's got a work permit that only can work in Ohio or something like that. Like it sounded like legit ish. Mm. And so I was like, all right, you're going to send me 10 grand. Then I'm going to send five grand to your graphic designer buddy to pay him for the Logan artwork. And so like, as I'm sitting there thinking about that, okay, so what's the worst that could happen? I have 10 grand in my bank account and I send him five grand. I still have five grand. Then I was like, oh, he sends it to me via credit card. AKA someone's stolen credit card. And then I send five grand of my actual money to this mystery person. Mm -hmm. I'm out five grand. And so what I did is I copied the original text, the body of the text into Google. Would you know it? This, this text existed with other people that also got an email and or a text, uh, other website designers. And I was like, Oh, you son of a bitch. You almost got me. I was so close to be like, yes, let's do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not that I'm gonna scam the scammer because I thought about that after the fact. But I was like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this sale. It's gonna be an easy website because I can replicate that in like three days. I'm gonna get fifteen grand. It's gonna be the best day ever. And I didn't. I stopped. So that's another thing is like almost all of these scam emails are just copy pasta. Like you can literally just take the body of it, paste it into Google and see that at least one other person said, yeah, this is a scam. Almost like a, uh, like a robocaller. Like you can take that number. I think we all do that because we're a little bit introverted. Like if a number calls and we oh, don't yeah. recognize it, I, I, before I even answer, I quickly copy it, paste it into Google, search for it and say, who is this? Yeah. Who like is this phone person? is still ringing and I'm typing the number <laughs> yeah. into my Google at, to right. like see if I need to answer it or not. And it's, yeah, so you can so you do that with, with scams. I just let it go to voicemail. I don't answer my phone. Oh, I also have a Robo. They need me. I'll call it's Robo back. Killer. It's a it's a great app. Yeah, Robo Killer. It's wonderful. Oh, if you are a small business owner, um, and you are using sorry on this, if you're using your actual cell phone on your website or something like that, don't. You can sign up for Google Voice and get like basically like a skinned phone number. Um, that's what all of us use. So it's almost like you have like a work phone app within your phone. Um, so it's really nice. That way, you know, you don't have to just put your actual cell phone number out there for the world. Except for when you start with your actual phone number, it's too late. It's out there forever. Yeah. So yeah. someday I'll get a new cell phone number. But you'll, get a, you'll get a text from me. I, I've never actually got to send the text. New phone, who dis? Because I've had this number for so long. It's pre-texting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a good what grinds my gears. Thanks. We can talk about that more, but my next one will Wonderful. be Karen's. Karen's You're gonna get us. Karen's grinds my job. gears. Karen's be wilding. We don't have any Karen. We don't have any Karen clients. Either it's true. In, in name, in but name Karen's, or in attitude. But Karen's will find us and be offended. We will. No, we will have this, no Karen listeners. This is this is why we do a vetting process. I want to know everyone on your team, all the people I'm going to be talking to. Any of them Karens? Because I don't want them. <laughs> This is nothing against actually named Karen people. No, I, I, there, I have yeah. a couple of Karens they're, in my life. They're I, wonderful they're people. They're all nice people. <laughs> One of the nicest it's people fine. at Young's is a Karen in name, not in per- persona. She's lovely. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Okay. Well, Love we it. had a question. We had a marketing question, but it basically got answered earlier by John's question. Johnny oh, asked yeah. our marketing question. Oh, so um, how would you determine the success or failure of a campaign or particular marketing effort? And I would have the same answer that I gave to John. <laughs> First, determine what your goals were. Um, yes. Did you meet those goals in a timely manner? Did you exceed them? Um, how long is it taking you to meet those goals? And then you can evaluate. Is that you know, sustainable with how much money we're putting into this. Um, what's the ROI? Uh, and but it all it all kind of goes back to what are your goals? So with 
any marketing effort, I'm going to leave you with this, with any marketing effort that you're doing, set some goals so you can measure and make sure that it's doing what you want it to do. Set attainable Mm -hmm. goals. Attainable. Smart goals. Have you guys ever heard of smart goals? Uh... I mean, really? I know I've I've set yes. dumb goals before, S- but specific, S- specific, measurable, measurable, attainable, realistic, 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 timely, and timely. Wow, time look at you so always put like a time on it. So like you I could went to say like school. <laughs> <laughs> so you could say like I want five hundred followers on Facebook, and it's like okay, well, do you want that in a month or do you want that in two years? Because that's there's a okay, difference but also there, so. If I may click my pen, um, a follow up to that. What is the point in having 500 followers on Facebook? Like, explain uh, it. Used to be, it, used so, to be a big point. Well, that's that's the problem. It used to be. a That's thing. my point. Yeah. Whatever your goal is, like, make sure it actually makes sense, and it's not just some like random goal that you feel like you should reach because of like some random podcast that you listen to from like three random people from Ohio, like. <laughs> When you make a goal, it needs to be something that's actually going to make sense for your business and is mm-hmm. going to help you improve in the long run. So like, you know, okay, sure, you want 500 followers on Facebook. I would say like a, a better goal, if you will, would be, um, you know, I want to get 50 new email subscriptions in three months because I love email marketing and this might just be because I'm biased but I love email marketing because those are people that have raised their hand to say yes I want to hear from you even in my Mm -hmm. email inbox which like most people don't want more emails um so like keep in mind like depending on what your service is what your product is um your goals need to actually help you get to you know whatever the goal of the goal is, if that makes sense. Because like just wanting more followers or just wanting more likes on a post, like, is that really going to help your business in the long run? I mean, depends, but a lot of the times it's just an arbitrary number that you picked out of a hat. Is that like mm-hmm. goal And that's inception? what grinds my gears. What? Is that like goal inception where you take the goal and put it in another goal within another yeah, goal? Basically. Then, yeah, basically. Then, yes. then trick your, trick your customers into wanting the, in the, in the house inception goal. Basically, yes. Okay. But that's also like um, if you – this is my last thought, I promise. You you said that three times already. I know. Yeah. Um. So like I'm starting to dive a little bit more into GA4 and they're moving a few things around. Like they're giving when less When you say weight. GA4, could you explain that in English because Google I know Google Analytics version 4. There you go. See? Thank, Thank you. Thank you. It's the new version of Google Analytics that will be permanent this time next year. And June, what does Google Analytics year. do? Just out of curiosity. Why are you asking me these questions? Because we're we, most. I would. I would imagine. I uh, Google see, I, Analytics. When you when you uh, when you do a radio when you do like back in the day when you do a radio show like you would literally take a picture and day. put the put the people on the wall of the people that you talk to. So I'm visualizing Ellen's parents because I know your parents and I I don't That's know true. Ellie's parents. I don't know your parents, but I would imagine if you, if I said GA four to any of them, they'd be like none of them what, know what's that now. Yeah. Oh, they <laughs> so do know what it is because I rant about it to them the same way I rant about it to you guys. <laughs> Well, fair. Okay, fair. <laughs> okay, well, Rondell so, and Susan have no idea, right, so explain Google it Analytics to them, please. Tracks, Google tracks, Analytics. Tracks traffic on your website and statistics mm-hmm. about how long they're there, where they came from, et cetera. So continue. Exactly. So it basically explains everything that's going on with your website and then how people are interacting with your website. What was my original thought? <laughs> Transitioning to GA4. Uh, um, so they're giving less weight to basically the... Um, 
the analytics that don't necessarily have like an end goal based off instead of just like having some arbitrary number instead they're giving more weight to you know and it's a little bit of google like playing their game of like what fun new analytics can we make you think matter um but i do appreciate like some of it one of the things they've switched out is like focusing so much on your bounce rate focusing less on that and focusing more on like engagement rate so like Focusing more on are people clicking in different areas? Are they scrolling and like reading in different areas? Um, are they filling out forms? Things like that um, versus just like that tells me a lot more than just like, oh, they only viewed one page and then left because like, well, maybe they did some stuff on that page. Like if it's a blog post and the call to action is to register for an event that the registration for the event is not hosted on your site, um, then, you know, that counts as engagement. But, you know, it would count negatively towards your bounce rate. So there's always a goal behind the goal. That's my point. Yeah, like even Inception. like... Inception. Inception. Goalception. It's going to be a new grinds my gears. Inception goals. Yeah, the uh, like the Young's um, homepage, like we, we would look at the bounce rate on that and say, well, it's a little higher than what we want, but we have a lot of information on the homepage. Like we've got our phone number and our hours and the next couple of events and what's going on today. And that might be all that you needed. You know, that's like six bits of information Mm -hmm. that if you look at our actual like page traffic, like those are the pages that get the most traction or hours and directions and what's going on today and what are the specials going on. So if they get that information from the homepage and yeet out, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a balance, but it's not negative. So you got to, you got to look at all those things um, granularly, 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 granularly. I think I figured out based on this conversation what my grinds my gears is going to be the next time that I have it. So excited. Are you okay, write it down, down so I don't, don't forget. You don't tell us. Don't, don't ruin it. That's why I'm so obsessed with organization because I forget everything if I don't write it down. Same. Same. Yeah, I've got a desk full of I've got full of these things that I haven't scanned in. Just just random to-do lists. This this yeah. desk and my other desk, they're both full of them. Are we just going to sit in silence till the end or what are we doing? <laughs> All right. No, um, that, um, that's that. Thanks that's for so tuning in to, oh, here's the marketing for you. <laughs> if it wasn't awkward, it wouldn't be a podcast by Midwesterners. Well, we should I do, I, I saw it the other day, like the Midwest goodbye where we like, it's like just, oh, do, just uh, do it. All right. <laughs> I better get going. Yeah, and then start the three more conversations. We've got something yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Which is like, I feel like that's what we do. It's like, okay, well, we're done. But also after this one more thought. And then it's like 20 minutes later, we'll finally, we'll finally right, That is very much a good thing. It is. Yeah. So, so if you're still listening, um, <laughs> thank definitely, you. No. We're definitely leaving all that in. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if, if you guys are still here with us, uh, thank you for getting through our Midwestern goodbye. Yeah, you can you can leave. You can go head out to your car. I'm not going to follow you. I'll stand at the door and say goodbye, but you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>